Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to another edition of your favorite podcast, Insane in the Membrane. Insane in the Membrane. Hello, everyone. How have you been? You had a good week? Yeah, good. I've had a good week. Still in Dubai. It was a nice time. Just before we begin, I'd like to apologize for the delay in last week's uh, podcast. I'm really sorry about that. As I, I don't know if any of you saw the video, I lost the memory card with all the conversations on, so it was a mad panic. But then the wonderful Jade found it in my bag of all places. I'm sure I looked in there, but there you go. It was in my bag and I had to fly out here. So I didn't have a chance to sort of find it. So it was mad panic. And I was gutted because I thought, uh, I thought I'd lost, uh, well, I thought I'd lost today's conversation. And today's conversation is one that I can't replace uh, because our guest this week is, uh, is from America and he was only over here for a short time. Um, uh, Mishka Shibali and I was really upset so but luckily we found it producer Paul has edited it and it's all it's all good to go but before we get into it I need to I need to say uh, we, we, I, we're doing live from the Pleasance the Pleasance have asked us to do live uh, Insane in the Membrane live monthly at the Pleasance in, in uh, North London at the wonderful theatre there so thank you to Ryan everyone at the Pleasance um, the first one is on December the 8th it's a Sunday and I know that's coming up soon but it's the first one and I really need you there I need the support to show that we that we can do this you know because it's, it's a big thing we're playing with the big boys now and if we pull this off who knows what the future holds so if, if I can ask you for a Christmas present please come to the Pleasance December the 8th on a Sunday and it'll be really good to have you there. The tickets are available through the Pleasance website, through the through the box office. If you could come down, that would be awesome. The guest to be announced, but I am working on someone excellent. So trust me, it's going to be really cool. There's also my work in progress show. Uh, that's uh, December the 12th at the Pleasance again. And that's me working out new material for uh, my next solo show. Bring me your faces. Let me throw my jokes at you. And I will give you a decent Christmas present of a fantastic show. You can't say fairer than that. So if you could do that, that'd be fantastic. So let's get into it. Um, this week's guest, I met him um, in Reading. Uh, we did a gig about five years ago. We were doing uh, a gig in a nightclub. And I'd never, I'd never heard of him before. I'd never seen him before. But I was taken with him immediately. Just a really nice guy. He gave me a CD of his music, very sort of Leonard Cohen, Tom Waits. There's a, there's a sense of humour in there as well, because he's a comedian and a musician, and it's but it's not like pastiche of of like you know he's not changing the words to, to old songs. He's actually coming up with his own unique stuff, and he's absolutely brilliant. I was really taken with him, and then so I follow him on Instagram and, and all that sort of thing, and then I saw that he was coming over, so I just reached out and went, look, dude, I do a podcast. I'm a big fan and I would love you to come on and uh, and he said yeah I'd love to because I was going to reach out anyway but yeah let's do it man so uh, yeah Mishka Shibale is his name and uh, Mishka Shibale did the, the theme tune for uh, Doug Stanhope's podcast the theme tune was called Don't Cut Your Hair it's a very good song it's on YouTube have a listen and Doug Stanhope is one of my favourite comics I love Doug Stanhope so the connection there with that it just, it just makes it so super cool and we didn't have producer Paul around. Producer Paul was off yachting, weren't you, producer Paul? Yes, it was off yachting. So we didn't have access to Comedy Central, so we had to make do. But we had a, we had a good time. We walked on the canal in Camden, um, and so what you can hear around us is life. 
unfolding around us. Canal boats, people walking dogs, people on lunch breaks. There's even a little bit where we had a bit of an interaction with a guy that was, you could overhear what we were saying. And he didn't really, he sort of touched the nerve of him. He was a bit upset, not in a horrible way. He explained why, and we had a bit of a back and forth with him. With him and, and you know, it was nice. It was nice. It was nice. But you might, you might hear that on here. I just want to explain that. Um, so let's get into it. Without further ado, please welcome Mishka Shibali. Everyone's doing it themselves now, which is fucking great. Mind you, you must have been like ahead of the curve with that shit. I, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, um, I feel like you and I are a little bit older than a lot of people who are doing it now. You know, yeah. Kids who are like 25, 26. Um, you know, but I came from like a punk rock music background where, yeah, of course we're going to be doing everything yeah. ourselves. You know, and also had some experience, you know, recording my band and bands and working as a sound engineer and stuff. So I was yeah. like, yeah, fuck it, we're not going to pay somebody else. No, of this. course not, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I was talking to somebody the other day, they were talking about, because the way the world is at the minute, and out of the out of chaos, always comes an uprising of some description. And they were talking about saying, "Oh, we need another punk." And just like you've just said, it's like, well, kind of got it. Everyone's like, "Fuck this!" Yeah. Fucking, I'll do it myself then. If that's how you're gonna be. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take your shit. Yeah. And up we go. And, you know? and we don't need you. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah, exactly. That's why everyone's that's, that's why they're trying to. Well, even like with podcasts, there's a lot of like with, with this one, they were go. We were like. Speaking to major companies, we're like, would well, you want to get behind it? They're like, oh, I don't really know, don't really know. And they're like, oh, let's go and fucking do it then. And then, and now they're like, oh, how's it going? Go, yeah, yeah, it's going really well. We don't, we're fine now. It's still yeah, there. yeah, no, exactly. And and that's totally the way to do it. And I think there's something happening, like something magical happening right now with podcasting. Yeah, man. That it's like the early days of like AM radio. Where like we own the airwaves, man. Yeah, <laughs> we, we do. You know? And it's and you just you see a, z- a zillion different voices coming out of the woodwork and, and p- people who before were hidden in plain sight mm. you know that if you're you know if you're really into my little pony now there's a podcast for you, yeah. <laughs> there, you know. yeah man is everything what this is it you can just i was watching someone the other day i was watching it was in a video yesterday and the guy was saying like if you know if you were into fucking he-man or something like that and you know, you just did a get. You just did a podcast about He-Man. Like you say, there'd be there'd be an audience for that. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. Um, but you're like when I first met you, you always you had that air about you of you kind of just going around the world, just you're just kind of do just living your life, man, having a good time. Yeah, I um, I I feel like I had a leg up mm. over a lot of other people. Number one, because of Stanhope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you still do stuff with him? We don't do a lot of stuff together, but it doesn't matter because the only reason I have any kind of music career today is because of that one person. Really? And just for him to go to bat for me, for him to put me on those shows, a lot of which I fucked up. I was mm. too drunk to play or like, I just didn't know what I was doing. There's a lot of, I mean, still, you know, even recently I'm sort of figuring stuff out of like, oh, this is how it works in the comedy world versus the music world. And, um, you know, playing my music on his podcast. I mean, I was retired. Yeah, I really? Was, I was done. Yeah, I got sober and I was like, well, that dream is over yeah. of being the like touring songwriter. And, but I'm sober. So, fuck it. You know, mm. everything comes with a cost. If that's the price that I have to pay, then it is what it is. And mm. I, I didn't play music out for five years. Really? And then it's because of fucking Stanhope. I got dragged back in. <laughs> so, fuck that guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he fucked you. If you're listening, I was dog, I'm fucking leave me alone, man. I'll be like sitting on the couch right now, watching TV. <laughs> now you're in a strange town, yeah. talking to a strange guy yeah. by a canal. Yeah, right under the bridge. <laughs> Put a Show hat me. out here. <laughs> Show business, man. Yeah, cheers, Stanhope. Yeah, but that's but you're sober now, you say. Yeah, man, yeah. ten years now. Fuck, ten years. How easy was that? Cause I got I got a friend of mine. He's two years clean now, and I mean he, you know, he's now he's obsessed with collecting the days. Yeah, and that's yeah. his new obsession. Yeah. The see, this is the thing is that I I was like well familiar with AA and recovery and the twelve step program and sober people and all that stuff. And I was, and my drinking was a fucking nightmare, but I was willing to endure that worsening, worsening pants pissing nightmare to avoid yeah. going to AA and yeah, to, really. to avoid becoming one of the recovering, one of those sober people, you know, 
and um, and and this sucks, and it's a bad reflection on me. But I just thought that they sucked, and that they yeah. they were boring and anxious and no fun to be around. And and also, you know who collects days is the prisoners in the cartoons oh, yeah. when they're marking yeah. it on the wall. <laughs> yeah. And I was thinking, man, if that's the life that waits for me on the other side of it, then fuck it. Yeah. You know, because I, if I I want to build a sober life for myself that's so good that I lose track of the days yeah, that true, I yeah. that I forget and. And it, it worked, man. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I had to set a reminder on my calendar. Like, oh, it's 10 years coming up now. I got to, wow. I need to have a Google, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so a flag comes out your phone just to yeah, remind you. Yeah, because I'm, I'm so busy, like, doing stuff and living my life that, other, you know, several years in the past, I'm like, oh, shit, I was 10 days ago. I should have mm. announced it. Oh, yeah, you know, right. Gotten all those likes that it so bad. <laughs> yeah, you're addicted to that now. Yeah, like yeah, the rest the of us, yeah. <laughs> the, um, but you know, I mean, I don't mean to run down anybody else. Everybody's got their own track, you know. And if, it, like, if it's working for your boy, then power to him, you know. And like, if if AA is working for him, then power to him, you know. And yeah. Like anybody who's trying to get better through any method, I'm with you. Yeah, of I course. I totally yeah. support you. For me, I couldn't do it. No. Nah. I just couldn't do that stuff. And um, the. It's taken, you know, it's taken me a long time to get where I am. The couple, maybe three or four years ago, I went to Stanhope Super Bowl party and uh, was just hanging out with them. And they were just getting crawling drunk, you know. <laughs> yeah. And um, it was a little challenging for me. But then by, by the end, I was just, just hanging with everybody, you know. And then we're on our way to the airport the next day and Stanhope calls and he's like, hey, sorry, I didn't get a chance to say goodbye, you know, like. Uh, oh, go to this bar. This bar, you know, this bartender's the best. Oh, I forgot you're sober, and that was like the ultimate compliment. To yeah, me, man. That I was finally able to relax and to interact with people as if I were two drinks deep. Yeah. It, you know, instead of being the like. Oh uh, yeah. You know? And it made you, yeah, and like you say, you, you can still hang with your friends. And your friends are comfortable around you. Yeah. You're comfortable around them. Again, my my mate Paul Paul Perry is a fellow comedian. And he, he when I've said to him before, like today, when I was going to arrange to meet you, and I was like, oh, well, we'll go to the pub around the corner. I was like, oh, no, don't do that, because I've read that you were that you were sober then. But my friend Paul's like, <laughs> if he's, he's like, well, no, we'll go, man. I'll come with you to the pub. And he sees it as an achievement when he comes out, and he's like, yeah, I did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, dude, I spent more time in bars than any than any drunk, <laughs> you know? And I, I love it. You know, I went to, I went to go see my, my friend, uh, the comic Jake Flores, when I was in uh, Bushwick. And um, he was like, do you want to go somewhere else? I was like, no, man, like bars don't scare me anymore. Nah. And I, and also like it's been long enough that I can sort of, when you, and I understand this, when you quit drinking, you got you to gotta erect a barrier. You got to, you know, put up a wall between your alcoholic past and then the future that you want to carve out for yourself. And I, I needed to do that for a couple of years. And, but now what I've really been trying to focus on is to, sort of holistically integrate my entire life you know that I, f I find myself in this weird situation every once in a while where I like have to go and talk to some kids at a school and mm. I'm like kids don't do drugs don't drink because if you do you may get enough material that then you can quit your job and <laughs> write and work as you know as a comic and a songwriter and not have to sit in a cubicle and actually have a good life. Wait, yeah. sorry, no, wait, don't do it. Yeah. You know, so I feel like a total hypocrite because the success that I'm having now with you know with my writing with my songs it's like it's a direct result of the like alcoholic misery that I put myself through. Um, so I just gotta, just gotta sort of not make any judgments as to oh that was the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do and just say that's what I did mm. and I own these songs yeah. I lived that life I walked every you know every footstep of those miles yeah. you know and uh, um, and I'm done mm. I, like I did it you yeah, know? yeah, and yeah. It, was, it, it was something I did and it's over and um I always, you know, those people who are like, yeah, I drank every day for 35 years, 35 years of misery and suffering. Man, no. you had some good times, too. <laughs> you had some good times. Yes, you, you know, <laughs> I had some yeah, fucking great times, you know, and then it's just, you know, there was a, but there was a lot of sadness and a lot of pain, a lot of like confusion. And then towards the end, it's like the ratio just yeah, shifted where yeah. I had, I'd had every good night I was going to have in the... I kept having the same bad night over oh, and over yeah, again. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. I had that recently. It was like, I just had this, 
it was a group of friends that I've hung out with loads and we've been hammered loads and we've done, like you say, we've had all the conversations and we've been to the same place over and over. And they were like, hey man, after the gig, we're gonna do blah, blah, blah. And I, was, and I just felt this sickness in like, ah, oh, I can't do it again. Not yeah. the, I can't have the same conversations. Yeah. I can't have you telling me your plans that you'll never do. And, then I, and I get it, I totally get it, but sometimes I can't, I can't, I can't do it. Well, and that was the thing too, is that um, when I quit drinking, people were like, oh, you're so strong. I was like, are you kidding? I quit drinking out of weakness. I didn't have the strength to pick up another drink. I was so exhausted. And you know what did it? Fucking England. <laughs> I was yeah. like a happy-go-lucky alcoholic for 17 so, yeah. years. I came here for two and a half weeks, and you guys fucking broke me. <laughs> you know you can drink anywhere here? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Fucking maniacs. <laughs> so, see, in, see, in the States, you, had this, you were like a wandering minstrel, like a Bukowski kind yeah. of... Yeah, this romantic Tom Waits thing going on. Yeah. But then here... They're just out to kill you with booze. They this will destroy you. This entire country is an alcoholic flop house. It's amazing. And I, when I got here, I was like, I'm home. And then I was like, I got to go. <laughs> Where's the door? Yeah. Where's the door? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It gets to that point. And it's true. Like, I, I, like yesterday, I had a day yesterday where something was, was supposed to be happening and it didn't happen. So then I had a clear day and my girlfriend was away. I was like, straight away, I'm like, okay, well, what are you going to do? And I just had to fight all day to not go and sit in a pub. Yeah. Like, go and yeah. write your, you got Edinburgh coming up, write your fucking show, man. Yeah. You know, and that's, it's the year, like in this country definitely is, a, is that culture of, hey, what are you doing? Do you fancy, you can have a drink. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah. that easy. The greatest drinking country I've ever encountered. Yeah. And, and the other thing too is when I got here, I was like, oh my God, you guys drink like I drink, where it's like a, performative morning that like ah <laughs> oh, we used to rule the waves you know? <laughs> now like yeah. remember when we were on top we, out, we ran this whole motherfucker now look at us yeah yeah you know? let's do shots and forget yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you just it just like drink out of grief and i feel that man i felt I, like as soon as i got here i was like yeah i don't know what we're what we're mourning but i'm with you <laughs> i think there is definitely a subconscious element to that <laughs> especially, especially now, the way things are at the moment politically, I think yeah, there's a, there is something like that. It's like, oh fuck. man! If I hadn't gotten sober before, like this, you know, the last couple of years would have. I was talking to a friend of mine, and uh, he was like, "Yeah, I I dropped acid for the first time," and I was like, "When did you do it?" And he was like election night and I was like what so it's you that's why we're still all having this bad trip is you fucking you did it you know uh, yeah man imagine that's the worst time I did it a couple of years ago acid I got to this house party and this Scottish guy appeared out of nowhere and he just went he goes ah oh, he goes listen all the drugs are gone there's acid and I looked at everyone else and we were like oh, I, don't, I don't know acid man I've not done acid since I was a kid yeah. Anyway, one thing leads to another, and they go, oh, it's in that room in there. And there was a woman dressed as a Spice Girl, and then someone else dressed in all leather, and everyone was like, well, we'll go and have a look and see what's in this room. And that's, that's when the wheels came off. And How was it? Uh, it's, it was all right while I was, while I was amongst everybody. And then when everybody left, I was in my room on my own. Oh, God, it was the worst Sunday of my life. Yeah. I just thought, I thought my bed was a mouth. And then uh, I thought the outside of my, my room was all, it was carnage. I thought it was like nuclear apocalypse. Everything was on fire and fucked. And, that actually yeah. sounds pretty accurate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe I was just seeing it. Yeah. You know, I'm plugged from the matrix for see, a bit. I'm an outspoken advocate for mushrooms, acid, DMT. Mm. That has been what has helped me stay off alcohol. Yeah, really. And um, smoking DMT radically transformed. It still hasn't gotten me into Joe Rogan. But <laughs> if the most powerful hallucinogen in the world can't sell me on Joe Rogan, then I don't know what will. But, um, no, it's radical. You know, the mushrooms has helped me, com you know, combat my depression. It's helped me, like, forgive people. It's, um, you know, every time when I eat mushrooms, I, uh, I wake up the next morning and I'm, I go through my phone and I'll delete 10 phone numbers. Yeah, like, okay. I don't need these people in my life. Yeah, people who aren't making a positive contribution, clean my room, yeah, and then I'm like, you know what, like, this screenplay I've been kicking around, I'm gonna finish it, and it starts now. Yeah. Or I say, 
I don't need to finish that. I need to. St- I, I can stop telling myself I'm going to finish that mm. project because I'm not, and I can just release it and yeah. let it go. You know, but that shit's been incredibly helpful for me. And all and the you know the real the like dogmatic you know twelve step people are like, oh, you're not sober. How many mushroom addicts do you know? Oh man, yeah, exactly. You know, people yeah. fucking break into your car so they can get some change <laughs> to buy more mushrooms. No, it doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. Yeah. I went to. Um, Few years ago, I got sent to uh, set, it was a similar thing to the step twelve steps for alcohol, but it was um, it was for sex, sex and love addiction because mm-hmm. the, the, my therapist has said, "Oh, you're a love addict." He goes, "You're not. It's not about the physical. You just need that affirmation from the opposite sex to tell you you're okay." So, so, I, so you're a man. Yeah, 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 exactly. <laughs> the, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, the comic. But he made, <laughs> but he made it sound like I was I've diagnosed you. You're cured. <laughs> Hey, let me, let me write you a check. Yeah. That was it. And I'm like, even when he said, look, this is, go to this. And, and same as you, I sort of went, oh, oh, I went. And I went for, a, I went a couple of times, but. How was it? Did, no, did it? it, it, it I, like you say, it just, I was just sat around with people that they obviously needed, they needed to be in a room and be able to, to unload their week. Like, just say, oh, look, this has, this, you know, I struggled the other day. I saw someone on the train that I really liked. And I was listening to it. I'm like, yeah, but like you've just said, as human beings, we find each other attractive. That's how we continue to be. Yeah. So now we're putting a block on that and making it sound like it's a bad thing. Yeah. You know? And it, I just went, no, I can't, I, it's not for me, man. It's the, not for me. This is the thing, man, is that I, I think that, you know, we, people fall into this sort of like, it, it's, it's black or white. It's one way or the other, you know, that like, oh, um, marijuana is okay because it's organic. Dude, there's a million organic things in this world that will kill mm, you dead. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could make organic heroin. Yeah. You know, the you know, and, and to say you know, poison ivy, totally organic. Toilet paper, totally inorganic. I'll take toilet paper every time. <laughs> you know, and but people like default to that. And you know, I'm, I'm drinking this iced coffee, I'm loving it. You know. I could m- turn that into a drug. Mm. You know, I could I could drink 10, 20 cups of coffee a day and it would make me a fucking maniac. Yeah. Or I can have two or three and it helps me think, mm. you know? And um, th- you can you can weaponize alcohol, you can weaponize sex, you can weaponize TV. You can find anything in your life and turn it into a drug. Yeah. But, you know, at the end of the day, um, you know, I think alcohol serves a purpose, mm. you know, and there's in every commu- every different community, every tribe in the world that has access to intoxicants. Number one, they have a relationship with them. And number two, they there's a sacred element to it, yeah. you know, of that it changes your perception or something. And like, you know, back in the day, there have been plenty of times where, I, you know, after three or four drinks, I could tell one of my boys, man, I really love you. You know, and now I'll fucking tell anybody. Yeah. You know, because I do, and I yeah. and and it's and it's easier. I got there eventually, but when I was you know when I was a kid, it was way harder. And that you know, it broke you know it broke mm. things down. It's a little bit you know a social lubricant and stuff like that. And but I learned everything I could learn from alcohol, and I had totally weaponized. Yeah, it, yeah. You know, um, but other um, you know other. I lost my fucking phone the other day. And I saw I'm, that. And yeah. now I'm like, oh, I weaponized that too. Because I'm just, <laughs> every time, I just keep reaching for it all the time. Yeah, and man. I'm like, the, um, I have to tell you this story about Yeah, tell it, do it, do it. So I was on the train to Brighton. Um, and this has been a good trip, but like, my sister's going through shit. You know, she was married for 16 years finally got out of this uh, this marriage. It was a bad marriage. Mm. I feel like one of the best things I've done in my life was to help to break up her marriage. Yeah, nice, man. She's got four kids, and um, she's been just fighting so hard for the last couple of years just to keep her head above water. Yeah. And, you know, they had these three big, beautiful <laughs> dogs, and Karma, the mama dog, died in November, and we were all just gutted. Oh, man. And then my nephew, Mika, who's named after me, he's studying over in Russia. He was, you know, a week out from going home. Yeah. His dog, Harley, died. No shit. You know, and like for a boy to lose his dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. And then a couple of days ago, Samson, the last one, died. Two dogs in like the space of 10 days. I hadn't even stopped mourning Harley before. 
So I'm on the train and like every, you know, wearing sunglasses. Every time I think about the dog, I start crying again. And then I get off the train. I get halfway down the platform. I'm like, oh, fuck, I left my stupid phone on the train. Shit. Run back to try and find it. It's gone. You know? Nah. And um, so, and, and I just felt, I hated myself for losing my phone. And then I hated myself for hating myself. Mm. I'm, I'm 42 years old. I'm like, <laughs> I lost my phone. You know, and I just, uh, so just waves of self-loathing. And I talked to the guy at the platform. He's like, okay, go around the corner here. You're gonna, there's a woman in pigtails, a reflective vest, talk to her. So I went to go and talk to this woman. I said, hey, I, I lost my phone. Mm. And she said, oh, oh, love, I'm so sorry. And, and I could, just looking at her, I could tell she'd lost her phone before. Yeah. You know, yeah, and that yeah, she yeah. knew. And she was like, oh, you know, I'm so sorry. And I was like, you know what? The last time I got stuck in Brighton, it's because I missed my flight. And the reason I missed my flight is because I missed my train. The reason I missed my train is because somebody jumped. Oh, shit. You know, and like, it sucks, but there's more important things uh. in life than a phone. And um, she was like, you're right, you're right. You know, you know, she was like, where are you from? And I was like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm Canadian. And or I said, well, when I'm here, I'm Canadian. When I'm, <laughs> when I'm at home, living at home in America, I'm American. <laughs> and she said, oh, my dad's Canadian. I said, oh, yeah. She said, yeah, I, I never knew him, you know, kind of a bastard, kind of a pervert. And oh, wow. I said, oh, where, where was he from? And she said, you know, Ontario. And I was like, that's where I'm from. Am I, am I your dad? <laughs> you know, we like did the math. Yeah. Like, okay, no, we're good. We're good. The, um, Are you a pervert? And a pervert? <laughs> yeah. Yes, sometimes. Rich. Yeah, <laughs> fucking am. Aren't we all, man? Yeah. Aren't we fucking all? And, uh, and then, so, you know, we're talking and, you know, like exchanging information and stuff. And I'm looking at this girl and she's beautiful, beautiful face, beautiful eyes, a little heavier. And I was thinking about her life as a kid was she the fat girl you know and were they teasing her and stuff and like what was it like growing up without her dad yeah and uh and then i looked and her left arm was covered in scars oh, shit. from yeah. you know being a cutter yeah and uh and i was like hey i, I gotta show you something and i i put my arm out and she said oh i love your tattoo and i said i got that tattoo to cover up all the scars on my arm. Shit, man. Bro, I'm not I, being smart, I'm not being smart. It's like, a touchy subject. Look, just please. See? Up, yeah, please you? Yeah. Ah, oh, dude, sorry, it's, man. It's, no, it's sweet. It's just when I hear it, I just... There's, there's, sorry, there's, man, it's there's, nothing man. personal against you. It's nothing personal. There's, there's lots of us out there. A lot of people, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, um, oh, and I, I said, you know, I, I was a cutter like you, and I have a ton of scars, too, and, and this tattoo is here to cover up the scars, you know? And um, and she was like, I, I love, I love it. It's a, you know, a mermaid. She said, you know, I, um, I always loved mermaids. You know, I always wanted to be a mermaid. Oh, wow. And I looked at her and I said, honey, you are a mermaid. Yeah. You know. And she just looked at me and she gave me this beautiful smile and, and, um, and she was like, you know, I hope, I hope they find your phone. And I was like, I, I hope they do too. But mm. if they don't we're still going to be okay. Yeah, man. You yeah. know, and then I, I just, like, had to, you know, drag my shit to my gig. And you know what? I did not fucking give a shit about my phone. Nah. Not then or since then. Because I just had this, like, moment of connection with her that, you know, we had this, like, um, shared sadness. Yeah, man. And we're both, she's got her vest on, she's doing her job, I'm doing my thing, you yeah. know, and it's like, we, you Can get over you, it, yeah. you move on. And you, you know? connected in that moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Okay, sorry to disturb your listening, but I've just got to give you a reminder of Insane in the Membrane Live from the Pleasance, North London, December the 8th. Get your tickets through the Pleasance website. Please come because I, I need your faces. I, I, I know I ask a lot of you, but I need this. I need you to come. Bring your faces. It won't waste your time, I promise. I'll give you a really good show. Um, and the guest to be announced is going to be excellent. I promise you that. Also, my work in progress, solo show, December the 12th. And uh, again, bring your faces. And I'll treat you to a decent show, I promise you. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This show is made by Dark Horse Digital. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production. All right, so we're back. Um... Yeah. Do you want to unpack what just went down or... Uh... Yeah. See, that's the thing, man. Like we were just talking about, everybody's got shit going on. Yeah. Because we're outside. Yeah. So we're just, we're just sitting there shooting the shit and then this, this dude drops down two seats down and then, you know, you heard him cut in where, you know, talking about cutting and he had scars up and down his arm. Yeah. And then he started playing music on his phone and I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to strangle this dude because <laughs> it's clear, it's clear that we're doing a thing. Yeah. Right. And then he's, you know, he just jumps and this is our, this is our modern lives. Is there's yeah. a fucking, there's always somebody listening to music on a phone and it's yeah. always music you don't want to hear. <laughs> always, every. And time. I was like, I'm gonna throw him in the canal, and then. <laughs> but he had headphones on initially. Yes, and then he was like, "Oh, is, these guys are recording. They won't mind if I blast some <laughs> some music." But then, when we just made the decision to move, we had this conversation with him, and he's you know from from Dublin. He's struggling himself. He yeah. you know he, he went away when he was what 16 yeah, for three yeah, and a half 15, years. 16 to prison. Yeah. Yeah, and like, if I'd thrown him in the canal. Oh, man. Who, who would that have fucking helped? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah I tell you what, but was, I think, because we were talking about cutting, and then, like, he said when he leaned in, and he went, oh, dude, can you not talk about that? It's too much, it's too much. And then I think he was putting his music, weirdly took his headphones out and then mm. put the music on. So I think subconsciously he was telling us to shut up. Yeah, and yeah. And then he was, but then he was telling us then where we in. could go. Yeah. <laughs> where we could go was- to find something peaceful. Yeah. Amazing. Like, it, it was peaceful here a minute ago, bud. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're here with your fucking music. Which is, and I love music, but not that yeah. music. But now we got upgraded to the better studio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. This is, I think this is, I like this out in the open. You never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, and like we've just said, you know, everybody's, everybody's got shit going on. Well, and that's the thing, too, is, I mean, I'm telling a story about connection, and then I started to get angry. And then I was like, no, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Mm. And but that's also something that happens to you on the road, man, is that you you like you struggle to stay open. Yeah. You, you got to struggle to keep your humanity because there, there have definitely been times where like somebody will heckle or somebody will say shit to me and I'll fucking unload on oh, them. Of course, man. Yeah. And, and, and it's just because. I didn't have enough coffee or I had too many coffees or I didn't sleep enough or like we got a flat tire or something like that and um, I don't know it's I get, sometimes though I'm able to, to pause it for a yeah. second and uh, and then that's whenever you can prevent yourself from freaking out so often mm. there's a life will provide you with a little bit of a reward there. <laughs> if you be able to just take a step back and yeah yeah, yeah. But the longer you're on the road without a I I'm getting to a point now where <laughs> when you asked me when I saw you today, you're like, how are you doing? I was like, I, I don't know. Let me think about that <laughs> yeah. first. I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I'm having a killer run. People are coming out to the shows. We had this house show last night. It was fucking killer. Yeah. You know, and, um, I, you know, I have this thing ha- that keeps happening to me now where people who I really look up to and admire, um, you know, artists who I... I think, man, they have it figured mm. out, you know, that they'll say, oh, I'm a big fan of your songs or, yeah. you know, that what you said there, that was great um, to get recognition. as I started teaching writing and getting recognition from, I mean, 
to be talking to your students and trying to explain something to them and they, they don't get it and they don't get it and they don't get it and then finally they get it and you mm. see the light go on oh, nice. that's amazing and getting getting props from the other teachers you know that for the for what I'm teaching or what you know how I'm how I'm teaching how I'm getting through to students um, that's that's yeah. incredible the, wow uh, man you know, you know what it's like when you're working with a comic you, a comic you respect or admire, or a comic you envy. Yeah, where every like, time. You know, they can do a thing that I haven't been able to yeah. do yet, and then when they come back to you and say, "Man, you fucking nailed that oh, one dude. tonight." Yeah, man. That that it means so much more than riverboat, <laughs> riverboat, and more music yeah. coming by. But it means yeah. so much more. Hearing it from from a comic, another performer, yeah. another entertainer. I remember being on. I was I was supporting Tom Stade, who's a friend, and uh, and being with him. And we did the tour and at the beginning of the tour. He was all, he was very encouraging, and and he was like, "Dude, you just gotta just lighten up. You just gotta." He goes, "You have it in you." He goes, "You have it in you. You just gotta just come out of your material and 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 you know, spin it on its head." And did he's giving me all this advice, and then on the last show, and I went out and I fucking smashed it. And I could hear him laughing in the wings, and I was like, oh man, I fucking crushed this. And then I came off, and then he was like, yeah, dude, that was it. He goes, that is what you take to Edinburgh, that is what you take to your shows. You have fucking nailed it. Oh, and by the way, you're fired. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man, but that, like you say, it was that, I needed that, and it, yeah. and it really boosted me. Yeah. I, um, I've gotten to be friends with the songwriter Mark Lanigan. Oh wow! I, I, his music's been so incredibly meaningful to me. I yeah. Mean, I remember, I got hooked on a painkiller uh, for I don't know, eight months, ten months. Yeah. And it was brutal. It, it was like, I didn't realize what it was at the time until uh, I was snorting OxyContin with somebody and it didn't do anything to me. And then I was like, wait, what have I been doing? And the shit that I'd been doing was like pharmaceutical heroin. And Fuck. I was like just full on nodding out. And yeah. The, um, and was there real, like, you'd wake up in the morning like, I need it, I need it, or was it? No, I could make it, th I could make it through my day, but it's, the minute I got off of, you know, my, my job, like, it was like, I would get out of the job, go right to the bar and cut a line, and then sometimes it was like, I would do a line at work before I left. Oh, fuck, and, you know what man. I mean? It was, yeah, yeah, it was definitely like tightening in like yeah. that. The, um, but Lanigan's music was just, it was like, just to hear his voice and it sounded like he was si you know, singing directly to me and I was like, someone else knows what this is yeah. like, somebody else has suffered like this. And his music was just incredibly meaningful to me. It still is. Yeah. And he and I got to be friends a couple years ago. And then the uh, got to the point where I was like, you know, can I send a couple demos your way? Yeah. And I did. And then he was like, I feel like you're soliciting my feedback. Do you want me to? And I was like, oh, God, this is going to hurt, isn't it? And he fucking ripped me up, dude. Oh, my God. Just brutal. I mean, I... I love Mark, and he's absolutely my brother, and I don't know that I've ever met a bigger hard-ass in my mm. life, you know. He looks like an intense dude. I mean, oh, sings God. like an angel, but... Yes. Yeah. The, um, and he, uh, he just eviscerated me. Really? Quickly and efficiently, and I, and I was like, holy shit. And I was reeling for a couple of days because, um what he was trying to coach me to do as a songwriter is to undo everything that I've done and like I've carved a certain territory for myself as a songwriter and he was like no that's that's old you that's, yeah. that's alcoholic Mishka you need to move you need to evolve or you need to die what, yeah, what's well, it gonna yeah. be and then I boiled his criticism down to I was like okay so I think you want me to do this and want me to do that and want me to do this and want me to do that and he was like yeah that's basically it and I was like alright fuck it man the last time that I felt challenged like this, I got sober. Mm. I have an opportunity here. I'm working with my the you know my favorite living yeah, songwriter. Fuck, Am man. I gonna is my ego that that uh, outsized and also that fragile that I'm not gonna take input from the great Mark Lanigan? Yeah. And I was like, all right, fuck it, man. I'm gonna do it. And um, so I just sat down, and it took me like 45 minutes or an hour. I wrote a song about like losing my uncle. A couple years ago, mm. and then the experience of like going to see his grave for the first time in oh, Canada, fuck, man. 
and I sent it to Lanigan and he wrote back right away and he was like you don't need me and you never did it was in you this entire time he was like this is exactly what I've been telling you to do and then I wrote another song and I sent it to him and he was like, this is better than the last one. Fuck, You man. did everything I wanted you to do and you did some other things that I wasn't coaching you to do, but that just happened organically. Yeah. And, um... Man, you must have been elated. Dude, I still yeah. am. Still am. <laughs> oh, still man. am. It's, 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 you know, and, and that's the thing is that, like, um, you know, I love your work. I, I, we don't know each other incredibly well, but I always no. felt like you were an awesome dude. It would be awesome for us to go out on a bender, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, you know yeah, drink, yeah. you know, ten, twenty pints together. <laughs> I can't do that. No. Nah. But how fucking lucky am I to work with somebody like Lanigan? Mm. You know what I mean? And to have oh, those other yeah. opportunities, you know. So it's the things that I can't do now because I'm sober, it seems like such a small price to pay yeah. for the life that I have now. Oh, of course, man. And like, like you already said, your your whole life now isn't isn't reliant on the, on alcohol, whereas, you know what I mean? Because you, you've crammed it full of so many other things. Yeah. You're like, I, mean, I haven't even got time. If I wanted to, I haven't got time to be drunk. Exactly. Yeah, just, <laughs> I, I don't have time to relapse no. now. I have, I have so much shit to do, man. Exactly. You don't want me wandering around Camden on a on a Wednesday in the sun. You, you see what I mean? It's, it's you got right. shit if to I do. Could, if I get a sunburn here, if I... If You're going to get a British tan. That would you got be, your, you got your T-shirt on. <laughs> that would be the best thing, would be getting a sunburn today, and people would be like, how did you get a sunburn? I'll say, oh, doing a podcast <laughs> in England. <laughs> what? <laughs> they think you've relapsed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Weren't you living in a van? Because like, we only met, we yeah, only met yeah. at once. Yep. And I just, I just thought you were fucking cool, and then just just seeing your stuff on on Instagram and and I was looking and you're you know you just seem to be meeting interesting people all the time and, and living in a van. Yeah. Is that still happening? Uh, I I lived out of a van for a, I mean for a while, off and on, and you know like, so I lived out of a van for a while just being on the road all the time, and then I lived out of a van just because I had no place else to stay. Yeah. For a right. Um. I had this little Toyota minivan that was like, that was my main ride for forever. Some water, man. Oh, thank you. And um, then the people who did the uh, the Unbookables movie, I did the soundtrack for them. And then one day they called me and they were like, we have something for you. And I was like, is it money? They said, something better. Wow. They had the money. <laughs> so, the 1976 uh, oh, Chevy camper van. It's that a was fucking it, peach. Oh, my God. You want it? It's yours. <laughs> is it a lemon? Come, come get it. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's a peachy lemon. It is. I'll tell you what. It is the... It is the sexiest, most dangerous, noisiest, horrendous thing I've ever loved in my life. It's like it's like driving an abandoned whorehouse from a second-story window. It's just like fucking going to the store. You take your life into your hands. But it looks so cool. Oh, it's killer, man. Yeah, it's it looks the, it looks fucking great. The this is the thing is that van is it's like. It's like an old dog yeah. and and you think and you're like oh man this thing like we got to put it down you know yeah. it's really it's at the end of its life and then oh, you go look man. at it and you're like no nah, well, one not, more you're, spin yeah <laughs> you're not done yet yeah you can still got some life in you you know <laughs> the um last summer we drove it five thousand miles holy shit from Northern California up to Northern Saskatchewan. Yeah. Me, my sisters, my mom, and my wow. sister's four kids. In the van? In the van. Holy shit, man. You must have arms and legs poking oh, out of the wheel like Noah's Ark. The, I, I mean, it is massive. It's it's like Oh, a, is it big? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, what, the council flats? Yeah. I've been in council flats that were smaller <laughs> than this van. Uh, same vibe. Yeah. Of just sort of like white despair. <laughs> the, uh, but, um, the it was awesome it was so good you know i'm my uh and the kids loved it but i and it, it's like 110 degrees so whatever 45 degrees here mm. driving through nevada in the middle wow. of the summer and my little nephew kai is eight years old and uh we're, we stopped somewhere to get out and he undid his seatbelt, and i grabbed his hand and pulled him and he made it like a 
like smacking oh, sound shit. from his back sweating oh, yeah. all over just a little puddle <laughs> and he's just like it looked like he was a junkie coming down like swiping sweat away like, are you all right buddy he's like yeah i'm okay i'm okay <laughs> no moisture inside his body <laughs> yeah it's all on the outside i at the end of the trip i asked him i said did you, did you have a fun time he said uncle mishka I never sweated so much in my life. He <laughs> sounded like a war veteran. Like, like, yeah. I've seen some shit, man. Got <laughs> that thousand yard stare yeah. going. <laughs> but he'll, he'll remember that trip exactly. forever. And you wouldn't have been able to do that if you were still, exactly. if you were still drinking, man. Yep. If I was still drinking or if I was working a straight job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's one of the things that, I, again, I feel so lucky for. And Stan Ho played a part in this. And also my mentor at Amazon who helped me publish when I was totally anonymous. Yeah. Is that, you know, people ask me, like, what, is there something that would make you relapse? Like, what would make you go back to drinking? And the answer is if I had to get a nine-to-five job. Yeah. We see it all the time. Like, occasionally, we'll have to come into, we'll have to come into, into the city like during rush hour yeah. and they're all coming in and then they, you know they're leaving at 6am and they're getting home at 7pm and, yeah. and they have some dinner and this is why everyone's you know everyone's depressed everyone's drinking because they've yeah. got nothing else yeah and that's a life like that functional alcoholism yeah. is the only way to, to get through that yeah absolutely man another riverboat there's a lot of industry going on I thought this was all done see I could do this Look at this dog on this boat. Yeah, man, look like, at that. That's that's not a bad game. <laughs> hey, man. That is so fucking cool. That dog is just like, uh, I, I got this, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm all about this. Just holding it down. Oh, man. I fantasize about that. Like, this is... Seeing your seeing your pictures with you with the van, I fantasize about that. Just, just getting away from everything. Just having a dog and a truck. And just going out to the middle of the, I've just I've got this kayak that, oh, man. and I'm like just go I need, I just go I need to get a kayak oh dude it's amazing the this is the thing is that like the you know we talked about this a little bit people like Glenn Wall and, and Stan Hope and um, Tom Rhodes and the and your guy I'm gonna butcher his name Ishan Ishan Akbar yeah yeah the living on the road is a lot of suffering mm. a lot of hardship and um being being a comic being a musician being uh, being a, an artist a performer an entertainer of any kind it's a hard life yeah and also it's the best fucking life oh, in the dude. world yeah man. you know i mean the some of the shit that i've seen you know and, and some of it is like you know, I got to go to Barcelona for the first time last year. And when I was a little kid, I always wanted to go to Spain. And, I, and then I never went to Spain until I was getting paid to go to Spain yeah. to go and do play my songs yep. for people. And I this is a, this is incredible, too. So I have from Stan Hope playing my music on his podcast. I got a fan in Spain who's a YouTuber, a gay dude who puts who uses my songs on his videos right, uh, yeah. about anime and stuff like that and his uh, his demographic his fan base skews younger so when I go over to Barcelona I play to a room full of gay lesbian and trans teenagers wow, man. and they love my my songs and it yeah. speaks to them and I I don't know that world it's totally unfamiliar to me I don't understand what it's like to be trans or even what no. it's like to be gay. But I understand that I don't know how my guitar amplifier works. But I fucking love that thing. <laughs> and I count on it. And you know what I mean? Yeah, And man. it's like, I I don't need to understand no. them in order to love them. And they, like it brings me joy yeah. every time to go over there. And to, I don't, you know, I don't speak Spanish. I'm... I'm pretty straight. I'm pretty white. You know, mm -hmm. I'm, I'm Canadian. It doesn't get much whiter than that, you know? The, um, but for whatever reason, my songs make make sense to them. Yeah. And I get messages from them in Spanish. I have to Google Translate and then mm, write a thing and no, then translate man. and send it back. But, dude, it what makes me so happy. Thing. Yeah. You know? That's incredible. Yeah. And that's it's like... Um, like you've just you've just hit the nail right on the head. It doesn't matter what people's lives and you, like you say, you don't have to understand everything just to love these people. Yeah, yeah. You know, we're all like I said to you earlier, we're all fundamentally the same, really. We've got our own shit on top. Yeah. But we're all we all 
we all just want to be accepted and you know being in a group of people where we're all loved and yeah they they want the same shit that we want yeah, exactly, you know yeah. just just to just to feel accepted to to be loved to to fucking pat dogs to eat food yeah. to, you know what I mean yeah. human beings it's just the basic <laughs> shit you know you must get a buzz like you just said that your music brings those people together oh that man that must be next level oh my god indescribable dude. the um last year playing Barcelona there was uh I was so exhausted. I had a rough run. Last really? Year. Yeah, my head was coming apart. I'd just broken up with this girl oh, touring, shit. you know, during, during the fucking World Cup. And oh, that's shit. the year yeah, that yeah, England yeah. gets their shit together. And, <laughs> God, yeah. God damn it, really? you guys have a fucking garbage football team, except for this year. Uh, I yeah, need and, this to fail. I know, I know. Like, I, I can't count on you guys for one thing. Yeah. The um, And I, we went over there, and I had I'd never been to Spain. I had no expectation that there were... And I was pretty defeated and defeatist at that point I was like there's not going to be anybody there there were like 60 kids that came out and um, there was at one point I noticed there's a young trans woman sitting in the front row and she started crying during one of my songs mm. and um, not that unusual for somebody to cry during my show but it's usually me yeah and, and but I, and so I just start you just keep going you know I didn't but I, I noticed it yeah I definitely noticed it and then uh, after the show the promoter brought her over to me and introduced her to me and we were talking for a minute she was like you know I'm sorry if um, you know if when I was crying during your show if that you know disturbed you and um, and she said I made up my mind to, I had kind of a shit year I made up my mind to kill myself oh, one night shit man and I was listening to that song over and over again and it convinced me not to do it what whoa and I was like no I didn't do it uh, I didn't I didn't do anything you did it you made the connection you found a reason yeah. to live but if that if that was the catalyst if that helped you to come to that decision that your life is worthwhile and that you need to stay here it's the ultimate compliment Fuck to me, yeah, man. you know, and Shit. I just like, I just gave her a big hug and I was like, like, what, what the fuck do I do in this moment? You know, and I, I like, and I was sort of like, and I had a pair of sunglasses and I was like, you know, when you're on the road, every single thing that you have with you is yeah. like, oh, the, no, I need those socks. <laughs> I need those, you know, everything is important. Yeah. 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 And I took my sunglasses off. And I gave them to her and I was like, here, oh, wow. the next time you find yourself down the well like that, you have these. Yeah. And know that I care about you. Fuck. You know, yeah. just keep them. And then next day she posted a picture of her wearing them on Instagram. <laughs> it, that like, that means more than anything, more than, yeah. I want so bad to quit doing what I do and shit like that. Liz. <laughs> it always keeps you in. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this dog. Hey, man. It's been in the canal. Look at that. Yeah. Big wet dog. Yeah. <laughs> Nothing friendlier than a wet no, dog. No, man. Whose dog is that? This. Amazing. I love dogs. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. It's funny, man. There's a, there's, um, there's a couple that they come to see me in Edinburgh every year. Um, his name's his name's Mark, and I, oh, fuck, I can't remember for life what his what his missus is called. They lost their son, uh. and then they came. They saw me in Edinburgh. It was like it was the they hadn't been out much since they they sadly lost their son, and they went to Edinburgh and they wandered around. And they just happened to come and see my show, and afterwards they came up and and he had t he had tears in his eyes. He's like, this is the first time my wife's laughed in years. Yeah. They're like, oh, but all I was I was just. Oh, fuck I was just talking I wanted to make you laugh but yeah. they, but he said it, it affected them so much they've been every year since to come and see me and just to just to because I don't do anything political I'm just talking shooting the shit and but it means so much to them it's incredible this this is one of the things that I struggle with I had this epiphany the other night on stage where I was like oh my god my set now is like it's all either dick jokes or it's stuff about my mom yeah or it's dick jokes about my mom <laughs> and i was like this is fucking bullshit why am i this is so juvenile pedantic like i i'm reinforcing all the shit that i think that i'm trying to tear down and i'm 42 years old and i'm doing like third grade stuff and i like i should be doing something smarter or better or whatever and but the thing is man to make people laugh 
to transport people, to remove them from the day-to-day drudgery. Yeah. The, that is a sacred... It's a, it's a sacred responsibility we have. It's a sacred burden we shoulder. It's a sa- sacred gift that we have to get to totally, go yeah. up there on stage and get the shit kicked out of us some yeah. nights. And, <laughs> and some nights occasionally do okay, yeah. you know? The, but if you, can, if you can take somebody who's, um, you know, who's totally depressed, who's grieving, who's mourning, and hit them with a dick joke or a fart joke or anything it doesn't matter how stupid it is but if yeah. it makes them laugh yeah it makes them forget just for that it, little while yeah then it's yeah. good it's worthwhile it's art yeah you know and um for me too i mean like so, so much of my shit is it's just like depression porn i like i'm just talking about the loneliest times in my life the lowest times in my life and i was like this can't be help you know and people come up to me and tell me like oh your music helped me so much and i'm like helped you what <laughs> helped you bottom the fuck yeah. out like i'm not yeah. helping anybody man but then i think about lanigan's music mm. and what it did for me and just to hear him in those songs to hear him suffering to hear and then the all of us to go from being utterly alone to to having yeah. one other person there with you. That's all it needs, yeah. It's the hugest difference, yeah, man. man. Yeah, well, like we just said, with that guy out there, yeah. you know, he's riding his bike around and he's smoking a bit of weed and, you know, he's, he, he's you know, he's, I mean, he seemed, you know, like he was saying, oh, he's getting into business, he's doing business, but he's, yeah, he just wanted, he was happy to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah, that was the thing, is that it's, you know, and it's like, uh, you know, my old cat, my old straight cat, you know, I just gave her, you know, just gave her some pats and gave her some love and she was almost dead and she came back to life. Just, you know, and, yeah. and that guy, like, as soon as we just acknowledged him and talked to him as a human being, you know, he was, he was like, oh, no, he was like, oh, man, I'll podcast about mental health. That's awesome. Yeah. You know, and like the... Um, just right away you could see his humanity invigorated yeah, yeah it was yeah. And that like we said before just yeah. having like you said with your cat humans are the same we just need that just a stroke now and again just go hey man you're yeah. all right yeah. and it, it <laughs> fucking energizes you yeah totally but i said to you i spent all day yesterday on my own and by the evening i was like oh i really don't know what to fucking do now i'm just yeah yeah like you say you get a bit squirrely on the road too oh, because you have your only option is sitting in total silence, nobody to talk to. Mm. You're on your on the train or the plane or the bus or whatever yeah. or driving, and you get lost in your own fucking head. And then you're at the show, and there's people, you know, at the merch table, and I'm like, oh man, I really love, uh, I loved your set, but you know, I I gotta tell you what, like what my dad said before he died, and you're like, oh god, no, <laughs> this is too much. It's like the only options are zero or a hundred. Like, is there? Can I get a thirty-five? Yeah. Like, just tell me what you had for dinner. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just the. I do. You know, my friends always bust my balls, and whenever I make a mistake of making a reference to a fan, they're always like, "You have fans." And one of the things I'm realizing from doing these house shows and doing these little gigs, you know, 35, 40 people there is. Nah, I yeah. I don't have fans. I just have friends all over the world yeah. now. Same. My you know my my boy Mark who uh, so excited for me to play Guilford a couple of years ago. Yeah, I'm a number one fan. I've been drinking since noon, and I was like, oh, this, no, it's <laughs> oh. not gonna end well. He made it like two songs in, and then fell asleep yeah. in the planter, you know. <laughs> and uh, we you know. We, we made sure he was okay, but not before we all took pictures with him. <laughs> and, and then, you know, this year he's in the hospital. Oh, shit. And uh, so he couldn't make it to the gig. I was going to go try and visit him, but I was like, man, if I don't wash these jeans, I'm going to wind up in the yeah. hospital too. <laughs> and um, but so we made a little video for him last night. Oh, nice, at, man. At the house show and sent it to him. Yeah. And, and uh, I felt silly doing it in the moment, but, you know, to see sort of his reaction today I was like oh but it was overjoyed yeah yeah, yeah. just to just to, oh, we just man. need to be acknowledged yeah, absolutely know? yeah we, I get messages from people they listen to the podcast and then people make they'll just go and they'll just don't listen just want to say how much I enjoyed it and a nice one and you go fuck yeah and then so you reply you go listen I really appreciate you listening to this you know it, it really means a lot and just that little interaction makes me feel amazing hopefully makes them feel amazing just that little bit yeah. You know, just that, like you say, just that little bit. Someone's noticed you or someone's listening. I remember the 
So I, I was in New York for 9-11, which was oh, terrible. Oh, shit, terrible. man. Where were you? were you? I was, I mean, I was unconscious. I, you know, I'd fucking drank until four the night before. Right, you know, right, I was asleep right. in my girlfriend's bed, and then her roommate came and woke me up, and she's like, Mishka, you gotta wake up. Like, yeah. shit is going down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I woke up in time to watch the second tower fall on TV. Shit, um, man. And it totally transformed the city in a lot of shitty ways, and it's like fucking Islamophobia and bullshit, you know, and fucking the best thing about, I think New York is the best the best city in America if not the world because it's fucking Koreans and Afghanis and Arabs and Muslims and Christians and, and, we, and we all go to the same fucking supermarket mm, and do yeah. our clothes together and we you know go dancing together at night and you know what I mean and um, I love that and um, the but it changed the city too where in a in a positive way that people started looking out for each right, other. Yeah. And I remember being on the subway platform and uh, it was like the new iPod had just come out or something. And there was a, like a Puerto Rican girl and like her black boyfriend. And she like dropped her iPod and it bounced once and then fell into the tracks. And she was like, oh, oh shit. I just got that. And I, I looked at her boy and he looked at me and I was like, I got you. And he yeah. jumped down into the tracks, grabbed the iPod, threw it up to her. I reached down, grabbed his hand, pulled him up the train came in the station oh, we all got on oh wow man you know and it was yeah. and I just uh -huh. had, I just had this I got you yeah and he was like okay fuck you know and yeah. we did it and, <laughs> and it was like Christmas was yeah. saved you know <laughs> and that's all it takes yeah. man yeah, yeah, just, yeah. just so just to just to ask for help to trust in your fellow human beings yeah. you know and to, to be there to to reach out to yeah. you know give a hand that's to a man you can reading the news right now is like so dark oh, and it's I so don't even depressing. look I don't look at it now and it's um, it's brutal but it's not accurate no it's not accurate you know that like th yes this, the pendulum has swung the wrong direction and, and Trump is like just a, an eternal source of darkness and um, but people are pushing back against yeah. it you know I um, I, there was this neo-Nazi rally in Georgia where I was living, and I was like, "Fuck this uh, shit, man! I, and I'm gonna, I gotta go," you know. Yeah. And um, but I had uh, I'd taken a quarter hit of acid uh, like a week earlier, and turned out it was pretty strong. <laughs> I, I fully tripped. And at some point during the trip, I was like, I need to shave my head. So I shaved my head. Oh, no. And then I was like, no, they're going to think yeah. that I'm on the wrong side. <laughs> How do I counter this? Oh, man. And uh, so I just made myself a, a white T-shirt that just said free hugs, you know, because that's the... That's the opposite. That's the opposite of yeah, Nazism, yeah, yeah. you know. And then I showed up there, and, I, and I, like, I was ready. I'm, I'm a big guy. I, was I wasn't going to start anything with anybody, but if anybody attacked anybody else I'll be the first one in there yeah you know and not nobody's gonna get hurt on my watch and so I went in there like ready but I forgot I was wearing a shirt that said free hugs and so people kept coming up to me and being like my man and I was like what I was like oh yeah and it was, dude, it was so great and I feel like I trolled myself all day long I was just having to hug strangers <laughs> what is going on <laughs> yeah and it was like and everybody, man, like young people, old people, black people, white people, like dudes, chicks, just everybody was like, yo, I'll, I'll take a hug, you yeah. know? And I, and then at one point I looked up and I saw another guy on the hill and he had like a shirt that said free hugs. Oh, and I, was like, <laughs> nah. and I, I needed a hug at that yeah. point too. It was a scary day. But, uh, you know, ran up there and got a hug, and it, it you know, it just made all the difference. Oh that's, man, that's yeah, all it takes. Right? So, like you say, we'd need that stroke now and again just to go, it's all right, man. Yeah, you know, you just need it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love it, man. Yeah, yeah, man, this has been great, Rich. I love you. I'm so glad we did this. Yeah, this, this has been yeah. the best. Thanks, man. Love you. Insane in the membrane. So, there, that was Mishka Shibali. He's, I could listen to him all day what a, what a lovely lovely man he's so cool you know he's got his demons but haven't we all you know and he's battling those and he and he and but you know he's got such a great take on life hasn't he what a dude it was a real pleasure to have him on so thank you mishka for coming on very very much appreciated mate and i hope uh wherever you are in the world everything's everything's great for you man i really do mean that um so thank you all for listening 
Thank you all for your lovely messages as well. And if you want to send me a message, you know, if you whatever, just drop me a line. I'll have a chat with you. It'd be really good to talk to you. Please jump up onto the iTunes and give us a five-star review as well. If you could do that, that'd be really cool. It pushes us up the charts. And then people, more people start to hear about it, and that would be fantastic. So, uh, listen, thank you, everybody, for your patience. Thank you, producer Paul, for working your nuts off and getting all these edited and out. Thank you all for your lovely messages, and look after yourselves this week. Look after yourselves all the time. And, uh, and I'll see you next week. Ta-da. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Made by DarkHorseDigital.co.uk. Shooting, live streaming, and podcast production.